it says on the marquee it does not say a midget a beaten off in the trash can. Welcome back to the Personal Jukebox Podcast. My name is Simon and I'm joined on this episode looking at Nirvana MTV Unplugged in New York. Heading back to Seattle's finest. Maybe? I don't know. We'll discuss that out. With, um, I don't know, what is he, man? What was he? Now it's like Worsley's answer to Jack Grealish at one point or something. <laughs> no, just Worsley's answer to Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> Ningi, Ning Harris, the idiot in the middle from uh, from Jif Not Sif. Good evening, good evening, good evening. I'm going to bump you up a little bit there. Thank you. Yes, that's good. Um, ow, is tricks. It's been a while since you've been on. I say this to everybody all the time, but it just has. It's been a it's been a weird, mad year. Has it's, it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's more to come. I'm <laughs> sure of it. It's yeah. What are we? You know, you know that thing where they go, oh, it's all right, bad luck, it only happens in threes, you'll be all right. But mine's happening in nines and no. tens and stuff. So <laughs> nines and tens. <laughs> hey, you're still going through it though, aren't you? I'm still here, I'm still alive, um, which is an absolute bonus because obviously there's loads in the graveyard that I'll trade places with you. Hey. So, yeah. Every single day when I get up, it's a bonus. Well, yes, you're. Um, I spoke to many of your bandmates about the the GIF stuff. The GIF stuff. I'm glad you have. I can't get hold of half the pricks. <laughs> so I was. Uh, so I was selling his ass off for it. Um, Les, not so much. <laughs> we definitely bigged it up. <laughs> yeah, placid Les. You're all right, Tom Les. <laughs> More laid back than a snake. Can I can I get your your ten penneth on it? On our on our list, well, uh, uh, so I did a bit of research, and although it's only got seven songs on it, it is official that it's an actual album. So yeah, our album well, is absolutely fantastic. It is the best work of our lives, and I'm talking about all the different bands that we've all been in. It is the best work we have ever done oh, really? collectively. The four of us, we cannot think of anything that we've done. In or outside GIF, that's any better. It sounds really good. Yeah, it does. It does. It sounds really, really good. It, it's been pimped over the last few episodes, but by all means, get on it. Go and have a listen. Give it a listen if you're a bit. Um, we don't do a lot of, for want of a better catch-all term, punk on the podcast. But um, yeah, give it a give it a try anyway. It was a perfectly executed plan. Uh, mainly instigated by Sai and it worked out and it is just absolutely friggin' brilliant. Good, it's good, it's good. Definitely, definitely. Back to what we're doing here. The last episode you were on was the Limp Bizkit album. With Sammy, really? Yeah, was yeah, it? with okay, Sammy. Cool. That was the last. Oh, you were in the background when Gibbs was here last time. What was that one you were doing? The uh, the Gibbo chart one where we went into all of his uh, sordid details and everything. I've had a couple of messages following that 
podcast, couple of messages, couple of emails from right. people asking, oh, I remember it now. Yeah, <laughs> asking what were the bits which were deleted out of the uh, the actual podcast released version. That's where I lost I, it. I'm sorry. I mean, I, the, Ning is the only other person who was in the room at the time when it was recorded. Oh, no. <laughs> and. I don't know. It's somewhere. I, I I think it even kind of deleted itself off my off my my computer because it says, "Oh, these files can no longer be found." Or there something. There are some things that are left <sighs> there and yeah. then. He'll be back one day. He'll be back one day. <laughs> it took him. It took him just over two years, and probably in two years' time, we'll be back again for another episode, and we can delve, delve more into Gibbo's sordid and shady sexual just shenanigans. Just in the last time, just prying, <laughs> prying with alcohol. Just keep him here for, and then eventually he'll start chatting so much shit. It's amazing. <laughs> it is. It is. It does. Uh, yeah. It's like what it is. Wind him up and let him go off. <laughs> That's like PK, that is. <laughs> key the back of him, wind him up. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I am very sorry to anybody who has asked about that. I just, I don't know. I don't, it ain't that I don't want to. It's just, I don't know how people would be upset about some of the stuff that was that was cut out. So we'll leave that there and we won't speak of it ever again. So yeah, let's get into this. We are looking at today uh, Nirvana's MTV Unplugged in New York. And Neil Garrett, what are your... What's your history, and how did you get into Nirvana? Oh, it would have been Les. Uh, he bought Nevermind. Uh-huh. Uh, at the time, we were all just tossing on about uh, Metallica Black Album. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, and yeah. GNR. And then Christopher's Disco that we used to go to. Yeah. They yeah. were dropping... Not Teen Spirit, they were dropping other stuff like In Bloom and things like okay, that. Okay, yeah. And like I said, I don't shit, whatever. And then got the call from Les, often as not because he bought more vinyl than me. Yeah, got the call, I bought Nevermind. Sound, I'll be around to listen to it. Went round, heard it, and was like, absolutely fantastic. You weren't into them previously on Bleach? I bought, I bought Bleach and uh, a bootleg thing of them playing the Beer Keller. Uh, Bristol okay, at, at a yeah. record fair that me and Les and I think Pete came say, and actually the original drummer of the Outrage Lee Powell I think yeah. he came with us and he said record fair massive thing it was iced yeah, I've, yeah, never yeah. Seen some, I've never seen so much vinyl in my life <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> so yeah bought Bleach bought that a couple of bootlegs and whatever and yeah that was it I was into Nirvana they were well, it was all just part of the new scene, wasn't it? You know what I mean? New scene of, of, of stuff. I mean, I don't need to go over this for anybody listening because everyone's aware of what it was like before. It's like a BC, AD thing before Nirvana, after Nirvana kind of thing. Like, it, was a, it was a cool way, though, because I sort of got into, after, like, obviously as a kid, just listening to 80s like pop and rock shit that your mum and dad listened to and whatever. Iron Maiden was the first one of us, so it was like... That was it. Ah, this is the first band I've ever discovered. Amazing. I obviously like heavy metal, but uh, mm. I like rock music, mm-hmm, obviously, because mm-hmm. I like other stuff that sounds like Iron Man. So, but it was the first time that I'd ever found something like, oh, this is something that's not actually like heavy metal or rock or shit that my mum and dad used to listen to, like Die Straits, Queen, Bruce Springsteen. This is something I've never, whatever, before. It, it was the first thing. Was like, oh, it was very. Um, like anti, you know, like anti-establishment. Not in the same way. Teenage angst, wasn't it? That, that's was what it? I'm saying. Yeah, it's like very fucking uh, mum and dad kind of thing. 
we'd left school by then, so it's like, well, yeah, I'd, I'd become an adult by then. You, so, you'd like just left school, hadn't you, by the time that Nirvana came out? Yeah, not you. I left in '92, so yeah, yeah, yeah but just went, after, yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. Okay. By the time Nirvana were a massive thing, I'd left school and was becoming a fully fledged adult. And I can definitely remember at the time, at the time when I first like knew you, you were definitely like a big Nirvana fan. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I became an even bigger fan when he did the did the unthinkable. When he did the deed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think you did? Mm. Do you think that made you a bigger fan? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always been a thing with me as well. It's like. It, it's weird the, the amount of artists that have been out and I've not been really asked about them and then they've gone and died or whatever they're like <laughs> shit me I really like these people I can't believe I was in into them first on road it takes them for them to die for me to get into them so, something that um, Boyd has said when he's been on, on the podcast is he likes to be a completist of stuff so when somebody dies he kind of makes it possible to completely listen to their whole works doesn't it you know what I mean it rounds it uh, out yeah there are uh, Bowie as an example I won't go back and follow any of his shot never never was a fan never will be I tell you what over the last two weeks I've said on podcasts before oh I'm going to give Bowie a listen and over the past two weeks, I've listened to miles. I've probably listened more in the last two weeks than I ever have. Podcasts, I'm sure you. Nah, I've done a Bowie one. Nah, but the, I'm thinking of somebody else. And there was yeah. one you listened to. It might have been the Radiohead one or whatever it was. There was some niche type thing that I. Yeah, I, I listen to it all and everything, but it's yeah, yeah, it yeah. difficult because it's like thinking oh, I do not like this band, <laughs> and whoever it was you got on at the time was like they love her, but I'm like, yeah, no, it's a bit harder than any. Like I said, it was hard. Yeah. Um, but Bowie is, I think he's good stuff. He's like fucking top bollocks. But I think there's, it, it, same as for me for Prince as well. But, and I think Prince's pinnacle is far smaller. But yeah, again, Prince is another one. Yeah, never, never was asked with it since nah. he died. I'm like, hang on a bit. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at this fucker. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, yep. Turns out he's fucking brilliant. Oh really? You think? Yeah, he's brilliant. Ah, see, I'm the other way on Prince. Brilliant. But yeah. oh, a lot of toss songs and everything. Oh, a lot of yeah. toss pop. There's, crap a, there's a lot. There's a yeah. lot there, isn't there? Yeah, but, um, there's a lot there. But the 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 you know the best of <laughs> <laughs> the you, best of Prince. <laughs> No, but we've said this before on previous podcasts. So it's like the bands that I don't know and I've never followed or whatever. Download the greatest hits mm. and then go from there if yeah. you want to. Yeah, yeah. It gives you, it's a nice introduction, isn't it? Uh, yes. So this, we, we've done Nevermind before. We all know about Nevermind. Inutero came after that. And then we've got Nirvana unplugged in New York. This kind of, well, it's an unplugged performance. Uh, what are we talking? A couple of weeks before? No, it's not, is it? It was recorded November of '93. So Kurt's dead by April, isn't it? April of '94. A lot of people put this as I don't know. They say it's kind of a, a swan song of Cobain. There's moments in this which definitely with. History is a fantastic editor, isn't it? And you can look back and really write an epilogue about Kurt Cobain from some of the stuff he did on this gig. It was dressed up like a funeral, wasn't it? With the, the flowers. With, with the flowers and the cellos. And, the cellos and, and lilies, white lilies. Are they? Yeah. A few, yeah, white lilies. Yeah. I remember so, seeing that. so it's very funeral-esque. And, and I'll tell you what, there's, 
I, I was, I think, looking back, I was a bit harsh on Nirvana's Nevermind than I am now going back to it. Now, retroactively reviewing it, I'd easily give it like probably a B or a B plus. Whereas I think I was like a bit harsher on it when I actually did a podcast. But we'll get into this one and we'll uh, we'll see see what we think about this. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, there's two facts I know. Yes. Just before I click on Wikipedia. Hey, I've, trust me. There's two I've facts been, I know. I've been there and had a look. <laughs> yeah. Next step, dark web. <laughs> um, right, before I go on there, there's two things I do know. First off, they're down-tuned to E-flat. They are indeed, because yeah. Because Kurt mm-hmm. was, he was like, I want this to be ridiculously, unbelievably special. Mm. And he's like, I'm not cocking up on any of my, any of the notes, any of the whatever, so I'm not doing it. So, yeah. we get down half a step, yeah. I'll nail the fucking lot. Yeah. That was his first thing. It, that will come back in a second. In a bit, the, but yeah. the other fact that I know that's coming to me, because it's recently, I think the, the, the brown, the horrible brown cardigan that he wore was sold at an auction, it still had a stain on it and everything. That was... Yeah, recently. That's what I know. The cardigan. Yeah, that, the cardigan with the stain on it. That's the one thing. And that... in fact, I, I read an, another sub-article that said that the stain was tested, but they couldn't find out what it was. <laughs> he, what he's wearing on this performance has gone on to become iconic, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> my, gra- my grandpa had a, 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 a rank top like that. He used to go down in the bloody cellar, like chopping up wood and shit and getting on his fucking sander <laughs> and lathe and whatnot. And uh, yeah, he he had a brown shitty cardigan like that. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, that's what, if you think about that, that's what grunge is. I can remember Gibbo and like Ben and people like literally going out to shitty second-hand shops to get cardigans like that esque stuff. It's it was to us over the years. It was as fucking we said, remember the German army jackets? Did, yeah, exactly. German army. That was a thing, wasn't it? Loads of stuff, kids, it's like <laughs> <laughs> when you don't know better. The one, right? the one thing our grandparents defended us against we were walking around with the fucking German <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> the ones that were alive weren't turning in their grave. They were they, they were going more ballistic than that. <laughs> As I said, this was recorded uh, the eighteenth of November, nineteen ninety-three. It aired on. MTV on the 16th of December, right before Christmas of 93, so nearly, well, a month later. And it was released on CD, whatever, uh, November 94, so we're talking like six months after Kurt was dead. I'm not 100% sure, I didn't watch it on the night it was aired, I was probably round Les's because I No, I didn't watch it when it was aired. He was was the one that, he had cable TV, so I'm guessing I watched it round Les's. And if it weren't right, Leslie's, it was whoever had cable TV. Mm. And it was because they kept playing it MTV as it does. Well, yeah, well, exclusive, blah, blah, bang, blah. And then it's like played every night, isn't it, for like two weeks? Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And especially then, um, Unplugged was, was a big thing, you know what massive, I mean? Yeah, massive, yeah, massive thing. They started doing Unplugged in 1989. I forget who's the first ones um, who, who wanted to do it. I just poke myself in the eye. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't remember who were the first ones, but it was kind of um, a series at first. I think there was only like five or six on the first series. And then, yeah, obviously it went on, and they, 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 apparently they wanted Nirvana to do it for ages, uh, and they were, they, were, they were going on and saying, come and do it, because we want you to do it. They wanted them to rock up and do Teen Spirit and In Bloom and, you know, all the big 
stuff and all all that. But um, yeah, I think they they eventually agreed and. Yeah, you know, they, they wanted to do what they wanted to do, which we will get into. Just a quick stop. Have you done an mm. Alice in Chains unplugged one? No, I haven't done unplugged, You've no. done Alice in Chains uh, Dirt, haven't yes, you? Yes, yes. Right, okay, cool. you got to chuck that one on the list then? Yes, oh, definitely. Not with me, or definitely chuck it on the list. It'll definitely be, definitely be covered at some point, definitely. Right, so, yeah, as I said, this was released in November 1994. So, the UK charts at the time... Number one on the UK singles chart was this bad boy. <laughs> Give me back my Bob Marley CD. Yeah, you spoke about this before, haven't you? Right, oh <laughs> The CD collection from Bob Marley. Give it me back, man, I know you've got it. Really? Oh, God, yeah. amazing. <laughs> I always thought this was... I always thought this was more a UB40 song than... Uh, and it's Pato Banton with them. On, on Apple Music, it's classed as Pato Banton, but have you come back? Just a quick one. Yeah. You can edit this out. Yeah. We're, we're clipping. We're going into the red. It was when you had a big shout. I turned you down a bit Slightly like. go down on the master. Yeah, yeah. Slightly, just in case I have another... Uh, Another like shouty session. <laughs> <laughs> this shit was everywhere in 1994, weren't it? Yes. Yeah, you know, it was Number just one for weeks. It would have been. This your song. Number one I, in America. In America at the time was oh, man. We've had them before. Backstreet Boys era. Who's this no. guy? I'm trying to guess who it Backstreet is. Backstreet Boys is 98, 99. Oh, were they? They're not yeah. right. Close your eyes. Don't tell me. Now, go on, put me up in misery. Boys to men. Shit, that's the ones. Boys to men. Uh, I'll make love to you. Which basically is all fuck you, isn't it? Look at the song, yeah? I'm gonna fuck you like you want me to. Two words, R. Kelly. Whether you want me to or not. <laughs> <laughs> Make love to you whether, so you, whether you want me to or not. It's awful. Mm. You have no choice. <laughs> Get in the van. <laughs> Get in the van. <laughs> the, uh, the, the week this Unplugged in New York was released, it went to number one on the UK chart. So we'll look at the week before. The week before, and this one was in my, uh, in my CD player.
just for the visual purposes, I was air drumming then. Honestly, it's a fucking classic, that is. It's alright, it's tune. I'll give it an alright. It, it doesn't get the, the credit, you know, like um, Aerosmiths don't want to miss a thing. This is up there with that. Yeah, this is fucking hell. <laughs> you should know more than anyone. Bon Jovi is just a poor man's Aerosmiths. <laughs> somebody said, you know, after the Guns N' Roses episode came out, I spoke to somebody and they said, man, Guns N' Roses is just a poor man's Aerosmith. Yeah. I, I had somebody say that too. And Slash is when you actually look at his riffs, they are very that early Aerosmith kind yeah, of yeah, um, bluesy volume. Yeah, yeah. But you know, <laughs> prob- prob- probably not. <laughs> out nowadays make sure you've got enough charge in your phone turn your turn your light on get them motherfucking lighters <laughs> off y'all <laughs> oh get them lights down man it'll set fire to the place you're mad or what <laughs> um, that one goes out to Gaz Davis the rest of the UK singles uh, sorry album chart was made up there was loads of best ofs this was off Jovi's Crossroad best of massive at the time uh, as well we had uh, is that e- the album I bought I've got, I bought one Bon Jovi album it's like got it, all no, the hits I, I bought Keep the Faith Keep the Faith I bought yeah. Keith the Faith on uh, Keith, Keith Keith the Faith Keith, on cassette Keith the Faith Keith <laughs> um, yeah uh, we had best ofs from In Excess uh, Chris Rea Sade Aerosmith and Cindy Lauper all in the top ten Sade there's an yeah. artist just before Christmas, you know, that's when the best things are coming out, isn't it? Yo! Okay, that's enough Bon Jovi and his boys. Uh, we're here to do this Nirvana album. It debuted at number one on the US Billboard. It went eight times platinum in the US, as we said. It went straight into number one on the UK charts as well. It was released on DVD, but not until 2007, because we didn't have DVD players in 1994, did we? When DVDs around then, nah. was there? Nah. No, 94. It won a best. DVD weren't out till 2000s, was it? Hmm. First DVD player I bought was in like early 2000s. Defo after Courtney was born, like a year or so after Courtney was born. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. DVD I player. can remember not having one until I got a PlayStation 2. Oh, PlayStation oh God, 2, no. When it? I bought a DVD PlayStation 3? player, I'd Whichever still got one it PlayStation was. 1, so... Okay. I, I, I didn't get one until then. No, I didn't. I was definitely still on the VHS. Oh, I was shit. still no, tight no, no, trading no. wrestling tapes. Actually, so. in like 2002, I had a PlayStation 2. Yeah, so I reckon about is that what is that what had a DVD player on it? Yes, it did. Yeah, because yeah. when you when I bought it, you could pick a DVD and as then well. It was PS3 that was uh, Blu-ray. Blu-ray. That's yeah, that's mean. right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you could pick a DVD, and I think I picked Final Destination. That was the first DVD I owned. See, there you go, listeners. Not only do we know shitloads about music, we're quite tech savvy as well. <laughs> well, you are. That's kind of <laughs> that's, that's kind of your job. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm my job as well. <laughs> yeah, well. I, I can fix robots, mate. <laughs> That's kind of what I was saying. Yeah. This the album won the best act 
performance at the 1996 Grammys. 1996? Oh, yeah, got a Grammy, yeah. Yeah, 96. You know what I mean? That's a couple of years later, Three isn't years it? after. Yeah. Nirvana's only Grammy. Um, doesn't really surprise me. Probably just a sympathy mm. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's got the rifle out. Hey, right, here's your first track. First track uh, about a girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. Off Bleach. First track on Bleach. Oh, is it the first track on oh, Bleach? Track. Okay. Uh, it was released as a single after this was put out. This is the one that you usually see on your music channels, isn't it? You either see this or a track in in three tracks time. Uh, they're usually the ones which are a show. It's it, oh yeah. It's always been like, oh god, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what did you think about this? Really super. This is like a, a song which everybody could play at the time, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah, you play it. Can you sing it? Well, we'll get onto that in a moment. But um, yeah. What, what I will say is, what I will say is, what I will say is, um, it took me a good twenty years, and now I can actually say I can play and sing this now, and I can get away with it. So, and I, t- I don't know whether you, if you can. Wang it up on your phone. I'm gonna go on, yeah. do it, do yeah. it. You know exactly. I didn't even say what it was, and you know what it is. Yeah. I, <laughs> While I, you're doing that, I'm going to get me a fresh can of Stella Artois. You know, you know what I'd have to fly this, don't you? <laughs> cool. Ladies and gentlemen, puddle of mud. <laughs> Seen that in his defense, yeah. The band um, chucked this on him, mm. and as soon as they said, he went, Are you insane? Fuck off, I'm not doing this. And they went, You've got to, it's been put down the radio session, yeah. That's on the, it's on the uh, uh, set list, we've got to do it. Oh, I just think he comes in too high, you know what I mean? He comes in way too high on it, and he's got nowhere to go at all. I think the only thing that was high was him. <laughs> <laughs> back in the day when when Puddle of Mud not the same back in the day but when Puddle of Mud first came around I can 
seem to remember him giving an interview where he said, man, we were grunge way before Nirvana were grunge. As in Pudlum or him or whatever, but... Well, they yeah, they were, they were. It was uh, took down this the, when this video was put up. It was took down by the band, and it's been re-uploaded by someone else since. <laughs> it instantly clicked that like it, originally when um, YouTube was up, and it was, you were like a super paid user, and it was, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. just save the video. Oh yeah, and it was there on your phone, <laughs> so somebody get ah, I'll chuck that up there as my own. <laughs> Let's just give him a victory lap. <laughs> And I tell you what, you should go He's away. Gonna stay till the job's done, and he'll be like, "Yeah, I'm going fucking nowhere out the time and I can't see you. Every night, <laughs> It doesn't do it justice just listening to it here, though. You need to go and watch his face because, man, what's his name? Where's Where's Scotland? Is it? Yeah. Where's somebody? Yeah. yeah poor lad. He looks like he's trying to. Pass a bloody kidney stone or yeah, we, something. We have a laugh and everything. We shouldn't, we shouldn't joke about mental health and drug abuse and everything, but at that particular time, that geezer was struggling. Oh, was he? Yeah, yes. he is, yeah, drug addicts and all the rest of the malarkey. Yeah, yeah okay, I didn't realise that. So, like I said, we, we, can, we can take the pee, but yeah, everyone has their troubles, but obviously people like that bring a lot of the trouble on themselves. And we'll leave it there. Hey, hey. Um, back to the Nirvana version. It's not completely acoustic, is it? It's not unplugged. You know, Kurt is an acoustic. He's got a fucking... He's plugged in. Well, he's got a distortion pedal for that. Yeah, so. that's, that's what I mean. Um, he got his, his amp and his guitar effects. I think they kind of just, like, dressed up his bits and pieces as monitors, didn't they? Right in front of him. Yeah, there is monitors in front of him, but I, what did they do with the monitors? For it... I read somewhere that his bits and pieces he'd got like covered up or they were dressed up as to look like the monitors. There's something on the top of his monitor there, look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not sure what that is, but I, don't know. I thought he had a music stand as well. It's not, it's the ring on the bottom of his chair. That's quite high up, that is. Yeah, he's almost, I mean, Chris Novoselic is like seven foot tall anyway, but look, his chair's like <laughs> <laughs> a fucking kid's eye chair. <laughs> It's like he's in McDonald's. <laughs> this is something we haven't said. We, we spoke about Kurt. Obviously. Pat Smear looks quite comfortable. Yeah, you got Pat um, Smear. That was the first time he'd definitely done a, a named performance with him, yeah? You can't even see... <laughs> Dad Gold's drunk, it's just covered in flowers and fucking doves by the looks of it. He's <laughs> just in the midst there, isn't he? <laughs> he's having fun there. I don't think one of, the, one of the things that the producers, the MTV producers, worried about was Dave Grohl's drumming because he was he's known as a really heavy hitter and a hard hitter of the drums it was the first time i think i've seen a thing where it, he said it's the first time i've ever had to use brushes yeah that's what he said one of the producers gave, gave him them as a present and said he wanted him to play quieter and he thought oh i'm gonna have to dress this up oh dave look i bought you some of these and dave was like oh cool i've always wanted some of them brushes and he knew it. Oh well, he can use those on the. You've never uh, done that. You know the whole jazz thing where you you spin <laughs> it round in a circle and it goes. <laughs> it's a weird thing. I've tried it. It sounds tosh. You might as well just hit it in time. <laughs> What's the <laughs> point? Man? <laughs> but then again, pretentious jazz ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to the um, 
half a step down, you can tell. Yeah, you can. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the people, some people that are musicians can surely tell that's like, ah, that's not that a record. No, no, no. You can kind of sell it away with it being the unplugged version, can't you? Because on oh, this one, I can sing it a piece of piss. Oh, yeah. Half a step yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Hence why every single band I'm in now is half a step down from what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> As you get older, you can tell the difference, can't you? <laughs> First thing you do when you get a band back together, take it down half a step. <laughs> up a sign in 2005 in Aberdeen, Washington. It said, come as you are, and it was paid for by the uh, by the Cobain Memorial Committee. That's still the, the um, uh, motto yeah. of Aberdeen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's still the motto, yeah. come as you are. Uh, it, for me, I mean, this is probably... The tourist board of Aberdeen, um, Seattle, that's still their thing. If you yeah. watch their latest that's... advert, it's still come as you are. This is probably the biggest, most well-known song that they play on this entire performance, yeah? Our most radio station, that one and the, the bloody god-awful Bowie track, yeah? <laughs> I can see us dis- disagreeing on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see something coming over the highway. Um, yeah, this this would be the, the most well-known one. For me, it's always been that Nirvana song which you can throw in the... Oh, I never need to hear Come As You Are again. You know what I mean? It's, and it's, it goes on a bit too long. It's, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it ain't. For me, that ain't what I come to Nirvana for this. The go-to Come As You Are version would be the album version. Oh, God, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. That's it. However, yeah. if this is on, I'm just like, yeah, tune. Oh, in the background, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Next track. Okay, this is an interesting one. Nice little ditty, this one, I quite like it. This is the, I'm, I'm loath to say the word genius, but it's definitely a major positive, I think, on this Unplugged, the covers that they use. Is it Meat Puppets? No, this is, is the Vaccines. Vaccines, that's it. Yeah. Meat Puppets is his mates that he gets Later on for on, one of yeah. the other Oh, Plateau, that's the one. That's it, yeah. Um, this, the covers they use, I really think it... Not wanting to sound pretentious. Was but vaccines, were they a punk band? From like- they were a Scottish band. They're are Scot- they a punk band? They are. Um, yeah, I've got their version of this to play in a moment. So Have we'll... you ever heard any of their other shit? I've never... I've ne- PK yeah. probably know shit loads yeah. about them. I, only from knowing this was by them, then looking back and stuff. <sighs> Fuck me, that's, that's, that's blown my mind. I did not know it's, they were Scottish. It, 
This is the original version of that song. It's, it's like still as good. Yeah. Well, it's called Jesus Wants Me for a Sunbeam. Don't want uh, yeah. Kurt went, yeah. Yeah. Jesus don't want me for a sunbeam. Even though he says doesn't, it is called once. Hang on, when was this band around in the 80s? They sound like an 80s pop thing like... This is 1987. Right, they sound like a... Yeah, early, early Britpop shit. They sound like, um, you know, like the jangly bands like... Yeah, I don't know, yeah. Have a, have a, have a listen. Don't expect me to lie. Don't expect me to cry. Singing there, isn't it? As well. That's a Sheila singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, back in vocals. Funnily enough, yeah, they did this in 1997. Vana covered it on this thing. They also did Molly's Lips first as well. Oh my god. Actually, yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Clown horns, clown horns. Yeah. <laughs> and Son of a Gun. Son of a Gun is a Vaseline's cover as well. Off um, Bleach. Yeah. I haven't got that one. Yeah. I thought Son of a Gun's on... Um, the Incesticide. Incesticide. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incesticide. Yeah, that's a uh, Vaseline's cover as well. How did he find these? I don't know. It says when they played in... I'm sure it was a gig in Glasgow. Uh, 90-something, he contacted your man out of the Vaselines and asked him, because they disbanded, they, I think they did like an album. I mean, this is like they 80s, did, well, well, this is indie before indie was a thing. Well, this is, well, now it's probably so when... so early 90s indie, it's weird. Well, it, it's probably... Because it sounds like fucking Echo Belly and, and whatever sound like this with shit. The, yeah, yeah. It's like just before Stan Rose's coming big, isn't it? So Again, yeah, after yeah, Smith's kind of, This yeah. is indie before indie yeah. was a thing. I always thought the vaccines were a pop band. <laughs> so did I. When you hear the name, it sounds like one, doesn't it? It sounds. It does sound no, no, like no, one. There's the vaccines, the Barucas, there's just so many pop bands with the V. Fucking, oh, yeah, that, that's what it sounds like. Going back to what I was saying before, I think that what they did with picking the covers to do, it's different to any other Unplugged. And it kind of gave Nirvana... Um, I don't know, it made them have depth, I think. It made them... Look different. Was this what Nirvana were going to go on to? More of a kind of a, a folk, rocky kind of thing after coming away from grunge in the years that would have followed? Definitely has that kind of vibe to it. Me personally, after that, I was thinking, oh yeah, everything's going to be great because I was obviously a massively naive and I'm still a naive person. <laughs> it's a massively naive person. I go, oh wow, this is amazing. Now this is going to be amazing. Metallica are going to be massively jealous. Guns N' Roses are done now. This band are just going to be like, I can do what the hell they want. They can release a CD of farts <laughs> and it'll, it'll go gold. That's what I thought had happened to Nirvana. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, I mean, like in utero, I'm like, on top of the world. Hell, they're getting proper raw now. This shit's like distorted as fucking. Mm. It's brilliant. The next shit's gonna be amazing, and yeah, it should have been. It should, but have it been. wasn't. 
It should, yeah, well, it should have been, yeah. As I said earlier, this was the first time I think Pat Smear had really been introduced as the fourth member of Nirvana. They also had uh, Laurie, Laurie Goldstein on cello for a couple of the tracks. And then, as you said, Chris and, Chris and Kurt Kirkwood from the Meat Puppets. They brought her out live because when they went on the tour, the, uh, 94 was the last one, like the last gig was Rome. Yeah. No, the last t- gig's Birmingham. The last ever gig ever? Yeah, the last oh, Nirvana gig. Oh, yeah, we gig. had this conversation. Yeah. I always thought it was Rome, right? It was Birmingham, right? On that tour, they brought her with it because they played a couple of tunes off Unplugged in the actual live set. Oh, they played it like Unplugged so they, version? Yeah, they took her with yeah. her. Yeah. And she came on for a couple of numbers. Mm-hmm. Nice work, if you can get it. It ain't half, is it? Yeah. <laughs> play cello. Come out, play two, two songs on cello. And then, yeah, off you pop. Uh, Ning didn't like this. I think he might be a bit wrong. Original ugh, Lulu's version of it. I'm gonna play Lulu's in a minute. Oh, yeah. I don't because I'll just go, <laughs> I'll just walk out actually. I'll go, Well, you make me want to play shit song. I'm off. See ya. It's just, <laughs> nobody makes it any better. I Kurt tried his best, God bless him, but nobody has ever made. I don't know, nobody I, I, will I, ever I, make I it. I like the lyrics, I think it's a okay, good song. I'm gonna leave it on this and yeah. I'm gonna get another can. You can't polish a turd. He's <laughs> <laughs> fucking wrong. <laughs> gonna turn him down there. <laughs> And obviously everybody, I'm guessing a lot of people have heard Bowie's version. So instead, we'll have a look at... I'm impressed that you knew that Lulu had got a version. They make it sound a bit scary, actually, <laughs> yeah, in, that, in that version. Yeah. The upstrokes. 
in a 2017 list of the most played Nirvana songs on British radio. God knows how they did this. This came in at sixth, the sixth most played song ever on UK radio. Uh, it's a title track of Bowie's second album, uh, released April 1971 in the UK. Lulu put this cover out in 73, so only a couple of years later. Um, Chris Novoselic and Dave, they performed it on Kurt's 50th birthday with Beck doing the vocal job um, at some awards uh, gig I or saw, something. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you seen that? Yeah. I haven't seen that, I just read it somewhere. Um, Novoselic, he's just... Just sat back and lived off whatever they made. He doesn't need to. That just there you go. That just shows it, doesn't it? And apparently there were tense and difficult rehearsals for this MTV Unplugged. Uh, MTV wanted the Nirvana hits. The day before, Cobain had refused. Said that he wasn't even going to play the gig. Uh, he was suffering from drug with drug drug withdrawal and nervousness. And eventually, he was talked down off the uh, off the podium and uh, agreed to do the gig. Otherwise known as clucking like a motherfucker. Well, hi. <laughs> the, uh, the, set, the set list went back and forth. I think the band were kind of set on what they wanted to do. Um, I don't know, I think they could have probably put together a better track list, but, um, you know, it's not, it's not really bad. Uh, the 25th anniversary bonus edition has the rehearsal versions as Come As You Are, Polly Plateau, Penny Royalty and The Man Who Sold The World. There's very slight differences, but, you know, it's much of a muchness, really. You're getting them on the thingy anyway. Kurt, as we said before, Kurt wanted the stage decorated with lilies, black candles, etc. <laughs> and the guy, the guys doing it were like, what, like a funeral? And Kurt said, yes, exactly. That's what I want it like. Grim. Not good. Yeah, they did all 14 songs of this in one take. There was no stops, there was no bits and pieces. Yeah. That's kind of a thing which oh, adds... Oh, it, it was it was a gig. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they went live, but, it was like, we're rolling, and then... But I've, if it's I've empty, got told that, Kurt was like, you ain't... The director's not going, okay, guys, that was brilliant. Okay, what we're going to do is we're just going to go through that, and then you're going to change it. No, we're not going to do any of that shite prick. I don't want to see you until we finish the gig. End <laughs> off. <laughs> it's, man, you know yourself how TV stuff's recorded. Man, I, I think I've said on a podcast before I don't going think to I watch. I could ever do TV, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd end up knocking some fucker out like Clarkson. <laughs> I'd, I'd just, nah. I went years ago to see TFI Friday. Yeah, that, was on, being that in the... was on the day that Courtney was born. 19th of November, 1999 was the day that you went and No way, yeah, Friday. that's probably, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. There you go. And j- just an eye-opening experience, you know, when you go and see how shit is done and recorded and bits and pieces. Yeah, it's pretentious arse, the whole hey. lot of it. <laughs> Sounded a bit like Malcolm McLaren then. <laughs> <laughs> Sex versus Manager. I created a band that was so revolutionary. <laughs> Right, Penny Royalty. Kurt obviously goes mano o mano on this version. Some have said this is his greatest ever on stage moment. What do you think? We'll talk this bit now and we'll we'll put it up when it when when later on. Good song, you prefer this version or the album? Because I'm a bit on the album. Thank you. 
super dark subject matter. We haven't covered the neutero yet on the on the pod, but um, I will at some point. <laughs> um, it's definitely poignant. It's definitely heartfelt. Yeah. Um, it's a guy out there on his own with a guitar, pouring his heart out, kind of thing. Um, Can I go now? Because go I'm for it. Go on. Go. 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 Go, go on. Go. I'm almost in tears because it's like this is such a really. I, don't, I know I've gone about metal off so much and everything, but like. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this is his. This is like back then when mental health was like it was just like ah hey, yeah yeah nah, ah you're a nut you're a nutty you are you? this uh, there was like so much stigma surrounded by it and there was no such thing as warning signs and triggers Ooh. and this that the other you couldn't notice if a, if if you rang your mate and went you're alright then instantly they go yeah of course I am yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. As his mates would have go, Kurt, mate, you're right. You fucking look so upset. That's not what's up. Yeah, no, no, I'm fine. But he wasn't fine. Oh, he was quite fine. clearly fucking not. Fuck, well, from yeah. this song, he was yeah. not fine. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Take take this bit now. This is he cracks. Me. This is it. He's, this is him yeah. just going. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, he does, but it adds to it. Yes, mate. That adds to it. It was due to be released as the third single off in Utero, uh, the album version, but it was cancelled after Kurt's death. This song should be called Please Help Me. Oh, we got nearly, we got all of that, actually. Oh, crap, I dropped the pen. And <laughs> <laughs> hit the mic okay. as well. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, shit, man. That's, that's going for the end. You've got some work to do on the decibel levels there. Jesus Christ. After Kurt died, Geffen announced that they'd put out a double album, including the entire Unplugged, plus more live cuts. Uh, Novoselic and Grohl found it too hard emotionally to focus and do it, you know, so it was cancelled and eventually got replaced with this version of the album. It sold 310, just over 310,000 in the US in its first week, which is big numbers, and by March 95 it had outsold it in Utero itself completely. They chucked out, was that the single? After he died, is that what they chucked out? No, 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 no. Oh, they, they chucked out that from it, from the, from the, the yeah, CD? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. sorry, I got confused yeah. there. That's like a bit of a high point of the performance, to be honest. That's, uh, you know, one, one, of, one of the definitely the high points on it. We'll have one more before we take a little break. We'll have this one just to split these two up because they sound incredibly alike. I'm not Uh, I bought this on cassette when it first came out, and you know, when you're a kid, you don't mm. 
listen to nothing really to it properly. Mm. And mis misheard lyrics. I was thinking that I always thought he was singing Africa Down. I'm thinking, was Africa it Africa down. down? Was he singing that shit? There's so many songs he, for years, and he actually. Going on about the apartheid. And then we got the internet, so you got Google it. What the fuck was he singing about all those? It's not Africa Down at all. Fuck. Africa Down. Africa Down. What's he singing Africa fucking down for? Still the song. Now we've got the strings brought in. Um, you'd got the bands over here, like when you got the Britpop band starting, bringing more strings and strings and bit pieces into their songs. Yeah, it was happening. I'd love to do this, play with like a mini orchestra and show. Oh, yeah, like have bits and pieces yeah, going. Yeah, 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 be good. All right, should we have a break there? Go on. Just as I said, just really to split this up for the next one because they're really similar. Aren't they? <laughs> Right, we'll be back in a minute. Don't forget, you can contact the show directly, jukeboxpod at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Facebook, search for Personal Jukebox Podcast. On Instagram, we're also at jukeboxpod. And leave us a review. Help a brother out. Help the algorithms. Yo! this podcast looking at Nirvana MTV Unplugged in New York before we get to that though the one thing that we've got to do with Mr Neil Garrett because he hasn't done it before he hasn't been here has he uh, can I just say have you not yeah. seen the look on my face another shite song by Bo <laughs> yeah. I know what you're doing <laughs> I did it on <laughs> I did it on purpose I'll be completely honest It'll be there. It's there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Neil Garrett, you are the latest contestant for the Who Big 100 Challenge. Who's Neil Garrett? <laughs> ningy, ningy, ningy. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. I don't know what I'm ready. It's supposed to be ready for, but yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. A musical question. There's going to be answers. So it's not a millionaire. Ooh, sorry, you, you, you run <laughs> six full thousand pounds. Uh, let's get the next question. 
Well, this is the Who Big 100 challenge. If you can answer this question correctly, you'll walk away with 100 English pence. English pence? Mm hmm. Shit, that's a lot of money. Okay. <gasps> <laughs> I wish you'd have briefed me a little bit more on this. <laughs> Man. Okay, so usually we've been asking for five answers, but I do want six on this one. I'm really anxious right now. Okay. I should do this kind of thing too. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine possible answers. I want six of you. <laughs> now you'll understand. You'll understand. What are the six? Six of the nine highest charting Queen songs on the British UK charts. Now we can talk about this, we can talk about it, we can discuss it, but once you lock them in, that's your locked in answers. Six highest tunes by Queen. Yeah. Chart hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six. Yeah. Highest. Okay. Yeah. And there's like a top ten, I'm guessing. They've, they've had three number ones and six number twos. I'm not counting the Queen and five sorry am I going to be required to answer another question after this no this is it oh, okay, then. Yeah. I've, I've, I've calmed down a little bit now Yeah, you can't have um, We Will Rock You With Five you can't have the five live EP with um, George Michael and Lisa Stansfield that was a number one um, <laughs> and you can't have the re-release of something I guess you're already going to say but Hootman Rhapsody is going to be one of yours yeah what do you want what do you want Piece of paper. Oh, piece of paper and a okay. pen, please. Hang on. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's very good, isn't it? You yeah. can actually hear it. Okay, so what I want is six out of their nine hoist. If you can give me six, you will win the Hundo. Do you want to talk about them? Do you no, have any ideas? I've got three. Okay. Although I might cross the one out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually deep in thought. All of you out there, have a think, have a think what you're gonna. What are the big Queen songs? There's a couple that's going to be easy to pick there. Rightening, there is a timer on you. Okay, okay, one, two, three. You got 30, you got okay, 26 more, seconds. Six, I've got to get. Yeah, you got okay, 26 one more, seconds. One more. Okay. 26 seconds. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't commit it, I'm locked in. Are you locked in? There you go. You won't remember Martin. If you can't read that, then I'll just tell you what it is. That's, have you seen the writing there? That that is a man that was shit in his pants. Okay, let's have a look. At, let's have a look. At, oh wow! <laughs> right, I'm guessing you have said from this Bohemian Rhapsody. Correct. Seven. Seven seas of rye. Seven seas of rye. Hammer to fall. Mm. I want to break free. Mm. Kings of. Uh, kind of magic. Oh, kind of magic, and show must go on. Kind of Magic was the last one that I wrote when you said I had 26, 26 okay. seconds left. Okay. <laughs> right, of course you've got Bohemian Rhapsody. Ting, there we go. Seven Seas of Roy. Oh, it's not going to happen, that one. You're out. Very, very early. Hammer to fall. No. no. 
I want a break for a yes. Thank you. Ding. That was um. <coughs> no, it's not. It's not. I want what? a break for it. It's not there. We've never met number one. No, not or number Even two. Even that amazing video of of like them all dressed up as women. No. Um, kind of magic. No. And the show must go on. No. You got one out of six. Shocking, yeah. These were the ones, their number ones, Bohemian Rhapsody, Under Pressure, and Innuendo. Tune. The uh, the ones that were, track were number two were Killer Queen, Somebody to Love, We Are the Champions, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, Radio Gaga. We Are the Champions was a fucking B-side. Yeah, I know, oh I my thought that too. God. And Heaven for Everyone. Which How was... can a B-side get to number one? And maybe in an episode soon we'll come back and you can have another go at, uh, at the Hubig One Hundo. But it's still his own beat and the Hundo lives on. Nobody can beat. Can I just say, I was in a band uh, in the early 2000s called um, Fighting in Someone's House and our motto was, I bothered. Whenever anything, something happened, something bad happens to you like that, prime example, I screwed up massively. <laughs> the only way I can respond to that is, Nigga, you got one out of six. I bothered. There you go. <laughs> and a round of applause for Mr. Garrett there. <laughs> Fuck you. Bone wants a cracker. Think I should get off the first. Think she wants some water. To put out the Super dark song. We spoke about it before on the Nevermind album review. Another rapey song. Uh, yeah, they do. It does have a habit of a bit of a rapey song, doesn't it? Um, massive. Like I would definitely have Kurt down as a feminist. You know what I mean? Yeah. In in in. in yeah. I don't know. However, you can contextualise that. Yeah, as a guy. To, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. 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 Oh, um, uh, put yourself in their position, type feminist. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And um, you said about the cardigan that he wore. Yes. On the thing. In, stain. in June 2020, the 959 Martin D18E guitar that he's using to perform wasn't it given by his daughter to her boyfriend at the time? They split up, and then he sold the guitar. Uh, he There's sold been a few of his guitars that have been sold. The original um, Fender something Castor, whatever it is. Yeah. That one was. So that's one I used at the beer keller that earlier when I said yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Uh, bootleg that I bought. Yeah, that guitar was on the fucking front cover. That was sold. There's been a few things sold. Um, that one, it was sold at an auction to Peter Friedman, he of Rode Microphones. It is pronounced Rode, isn't it? Rode Microphones, yeah, $6 million. Most expensive guitar ever sold at auction. Rode Microphones? Yeah, what Rode RO, with the O's got the line through it, DA. Never heard of him. No. Mike, and they sell microphones, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, he's going to live. He's going to Google the internet. Fucking road microphones. Yeah. Okay. R-O-D-E. You know, like sometimes you put a, a, a note with a line through it. But if you, put, if you type in road microphones, it'll come up. R-O-D-E. Oh, I've seen road before. Yeah. Right, that's road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, um... That's kind of nice, isn't it? If you ever make it in the podding world, I'd fancy that little bad boy. It's a nice piece of kit, isn't it? How much is that? How many sheets is that? 
139 quid. It's quite respectable, actually. It's, for, um, it's, yeah. I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> for Amazon, of course. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff. Stop yourself without any words. Got so high, scratching up there. Love myself I do find it slightly amusing that all the tracks that are off, never mind, get a round of applause from the fans who are uh, who are in the audience. Is that early clap, 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 that? <laughs> Couple of claps, like, yeah. Starting off at a shit fucking nativity play at school, and they don't, yeah. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> That's as, it, that's as it goes. <laughs> There's another bit for you to edit. Yeah, I know. I just got that one. Uh, Rolling Stone named this album the 95th best album of the 90s. Their readers poll said it was the 8th best live album of all time. NME gave it the title of the best live album of all time. And Krang, it came in at number 11 on their best live albums list. Um... As I said before, do you think this Nirvana had found their new sound and their new style, what they'd possibly go on to be doing? Yeah, like I said before, I, I thought it was like, oh man, that's it, the, the world is your oyster. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I thought that's what they would do. Don't I? Mm-hmm. I can't complain. And then the next track we've got, this was not on the live broadcast. Obviously, you get it in the, on the album version. But on the TV show, this was always left off. I always had a bit of a soft spot for this on the, uh, on the album. Many years ago, when I first started playing guitar and that, the, uh, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of the Nirvana songs were just like a piece of piece of playing. It's like, oh, this, mate, it's like I've been playing guitar like two months or whatever it was. I'm like, shit, I need two strings. <laughs> <laughs> is it just is it four threat kind of thing? Yeah. My fucking bedroom at my dad's house, like. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> and really giving it some when it comes this in. Is all you need to be a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> Became a bit of a chart hit last year, I think it was, when they released the new Batman, you know, the rebooted Batman with, um, what's his name, out of Twilight playing Bruce Wayne. Uh, and this was on the soundtrack, and obviously a new generation of fans were like, oh, what's this, what's this deeply moody song that's playing here? All the same, all the way through. Amazing. There's not many songs like that. No, no, there's not. No, no, no. It's a good song, good song, definitely. Very, super, super, super simple. Uh, next track. Now this is the bit we get a little bit of a, we get a little bit of a, um, a musical diversion here where Kurt invites, as he refers to them, as the brothers meet to come up onto the stage to join the rest of the band as they go through three meat puppet songs. Nothing on top but a bucket and a mop and an illustrated book about birds. Birds. Holy Ghost and talk show hosts are planted in the sand. 
defy the foothills, shake the many hands. Nothing on a top but a bucket and a mop and an illustrated book about birds. See a lot of. It's just that's, that's like little Seattle. <laughs> it's actually a decent song, isn't it? I, I didn't get the original Meat Puppets versions, but um, but yeah, I don't know. Have you heard them? Uh, yes. Had you, had you heard of the Meat Puppets before this? Uh, obviously not, no. No, no. Uh, I've researched most of the shit that Kurt got involved in this, apart yeah. from the VAT scenes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, the good, decent song. And then they go on to the next track, the ne- next Meat Puppets track, Oh Me. Always reminds me a bit of, um, it's a bit Alice in Chains, though. Yeah, this one, yeah. If I had to lose a mind, if I had to touch feeling, I would lose my soul the way I do. I don't have to think. I'm really sorry if any of the uh, listeners of the, this podcast have got a problem with me singing with shit that I love. Then <laughs> if you've got a problem, email in and I promise I'll stop it. <laughs> it will work a little sing song now. Reviews wise, now this is kind of universal across the board. All music 5 out of 5, Blender 5 out of 5, Entertainment Weekly A, Guardian 4 out of 4, Enemy 9 out of 10, Pitchfork, Pitchfork 9.5 out of 10, Q Magazine 4 out of 5, Rolling Stone 4 out of 5, and our old mate Robert Christigo gave it a much vaunted A. And for him, he, I mean, he was a big Nirvana fan. He, just, just listen to a bit of this uh, review. Sycophant. <laughs> he, he, um, I mean, he's known for just giving symbol reviews for stuff, but for uh, for this album, <laughs> he said not only did Kurt Cobain transcend alt rock by rocking so hard, he transcended alt rock by feeling so deep. On this accidental testament intended merely to altify the MTV mindset by showcasing the meat puppets and covering the Vaselines, Cobain outsensitives Lou Barlow and Eddie Vedder in passing. His secret is sincerity. Boring though that may be, he cares less than Barlow without boasting a bit about it and tries harder than Vedder without busting a gut about it. The vocal performance he evokes is John Lennon on Plastic Ono Band and he did it in one take. A grade. Thanks for that, mate. Now drag your tongue out of Kurt's <laughs> <laughs> Next track, Meat Puppets uh, with them again on Lake of Fire. Oh, this is a bit of a banger, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> See you again on the 4th of July. <laughs> Bye then. <laughs> Not every year, but on the 4th of July or whatever, because we both don't really follow like media in terms of we don't listen to the news, the, the news and this and mm-hmm. that on a regular basis. But on the 4th of July, whenever I go, oh shit, it's the 4th of July, instantly in my head, see you again on the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> instantly comes in my head. 
A number one album in Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, France, New Zealand, Portugal, Spain, the UK and the USA. Top five in six more territories. I think a bit of that probably does owe to like Kurt's death, you know what I mean? Um, would you say this is probably not held up as one of the best ones, but definitely one of the more affecting unplugged performances? Like, is it more consequential, or is that just because of Kurt dying? But or is that the reason why it is? As I kick the desk. I think the most intelligent answer I can give to that is it's a, a culmination of the two. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, like one plus one equals two kind of thing. Yeah. I think so. Hmm. I mean, them guys got a bit of a... They must have got a bump then, haven't they? I bet they were selling some records after that. It's helped to their pension plan, didn't it? I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. Um, we've only got two tracks left on this. Uh, on this, on this. Oh, God, well, yeah, we've got the whole Echo... But, uh, not Echo Belly. Echo Belly. <laughs> fucking Lead Belly shite to go through. Well, man, oh, it's so... Well, we'll get to that in a minute. All apologies now. Oh man, I love this. Tune down, by the way, any listeners of the podcast uh, that can play guitar, or even if you can't, if you're going to play this guitar, you have to tune it down to drop D. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It's. I think I possibly prefer the album version. I just like it when the guitars come in and stuff. We've had a couple of conversations about it. You know, you struggle about uh, playing guitar and singing at the same time. Oh, can't do it. Shit in hell. Try and play this and sing at the same time. Yeah. Cock off. Not happening. It's ridiculous. I, I can't do it. So, you know what I mean? Especially when on, um, what was the track? Penny Royal T when he's doing it on his own. You know what I mean? I'll, yeah. play this, I'll play this song out. No problem. Right here, right now. Flawless. Yeah. Ask me to sing it as well at the same time. Piss off. Not happening. It actually is a really good song. Um, as I say, I think I probably just the the album version just tips it because it's got the guitars coming in and all the bits and pieces. But there's a lot of people out there who'll put this above it. I think you get a bit more feeling when he sings "Mary, Barry, You." Yeah. Play that to anyone, including my daughter, who yeah. was who was not even born till after all that shot uh-huh. had gone on, and she would go, "Let's go, come on." Mm. Mm. Instantly mm. recognisable.
everything coming in, all the bits and pieces are there. <laughs> yeah. I'll edge up it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get to the last track on this. Fascinating. <sighs> this, this is fucking powerful. Okay, he introduces it as um, his favourite favourite performance performer ever, Led Belly, doesn't he? We'll uh, we'll get into the, what it is, where it comes from, in a bit. But um, I've got a little bit to talk about on this as well. Okay, okay. So have a, listen, have a listen for a little bit. My girl, don't lie to me. Tell me when did you sleep last night? <laughs> no, you're alright. <laughs> uh, it's man, it's known. It's it's like an old folk song. It's it's known as in the pines to a lot of people. Also known as my girl or black girl as well. Uh, an American folk song dating from like the eighteen seventies. Covered. It's one of them them songs which has been covered loads and loads of times. Different bits and pieces. It's more of a you know one of the songs which what are they called when they're just like like a stock song. Like anybody uses them at any time, kind of thing. If I, I believe, if Led Belly was born fifty years after he was born, he would have been the next BB King. It's oh, okay, just yeah, fucking yeah. Fucking ridiculous. It's like he's a folk artist, singer, playing guitar, uh, uh, accordion, yeah, yeah, or uh, 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 harmonica. All that shite, and it all stems to blues before they'd even got blues. Mm. And it's just, it's, it's okay, yeah. scary, mate. It's like. I'm not really okay or up on it's, any left. That's belly. the dude, and it's just, it's okay. just insane. Yeah. It, it, it's, he, he could be, he could be like literally the thing that started off the whole blues thing that started off. Like, I love the catalyst for all of that. Everything. Because without blues you ain't got rock. Without blues you ain't got punk rock. Yeah, without yeah, blues, yeah. without speeded up blues you ain't got heavy metal. Just it all stems down to the bloody uh, the, the, the most horrific thing that's ever happened in the world. Just the oppression of black people. Sorry. It's not funny, but, but yeah, yeah, you know, I know what you're saying. I know you see saying. my point now, it's yeah, just yeah. like the most re- I mean obviously we've got our Jewish friends, they have that number and done on them. Yeah. But like the yeah. impression of black people, it's like it's such a real shame that like oh it's one of them and it's like, right, okay, that happened, but it spawned music. So it's like ah you gotta you gotta I'm the same. I have a shade, yeah. It takes that to make that. A lot of a lot of great music comes out. A wrong to make a right. Comes out personal tragedy. Yeah. Let's just get let's just let's take in this 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 is so fucking powerful. On the pounds, we're the sun, don
doubles down for another run through at it and the moment where he says where he sings that last bit and then pauses man that, what's the guy thinking at that moment just just take this in yeah That's a goosebump moment, that is, I'm telling you, it really is. I believe that's what you call bossing it. Yeah, MTV said they, they wanted an encore after that, but he was like, I can't top that, that's like, that's like the way it's going to be. Quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just before we, we head off, uh, the Four Pennies in 1964, we did a UK version of the same song. Maybe I'm going to ruin this now. Black girl. Sounds like the fucking Beatles, doesn't it? They even look like the Beatles a bit on the picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah if, if you can see that little picture there, you know, a bit, bit, bit rough around the edges, Beatles. God. It's that black, uh, the black suits and the white shirts and the black ties, isn't it? Yeah. Wait, 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 we're just off to a funeral and then we're going to go bam practice. <laughs> Okay, so what we do here on this here podcast, obviously, is look at the music and then kind of give it a grade. I found it incredibly hard to grade this album. First of all, first of all, first of all, is that the best MTV Unplugged performance that you've ever seen? What's this bed you're using? Have you had a bicep? Bicep, yeah, like a, the Yanks would call them an EDM bed. Do you know what I mean? It's the technical term, it's called a bed. A bed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Um, would it be your favourite MTV Unplugged performance? That and Alice in Change, yes, closely followed by uh, Pearl Jam and then, um, oh, what's his face? Uh, Eric Clapton did a decent one. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Um Dire Straits unplugged, that would be oh, that would have been a good one. Um where does it sit in the pantheon of Nirvana albums for you? Where do you place it? Do you think this is like a better album than some of the studio efforts? Or what? 
I see it as the um, I said before I thought they were gonna go on to like you know best band ever in the world no argument yeah. so I treat their entire back catalogue now like the legitimate shit mm-hmm. like Bleach never mind in utero sorry the, what was the other one it says side in utero yeah unplugged that is the catalogue that's what you've got that was Nirvana you either like it or you don't well yeah it's quite true <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that. that's as I see Nirvana and their entire back catalogue <laughs> if saying all that if you've got to give that a letter grade. What um? What are you thinking? It's got to be high because a lot of it is genius. So uh, there's some real, real poignant high points on that. Do, do, can you get like A minus? Yeah, 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 yeah. In that case, I'll give it an A. Oh wow, really? Yeah. You're going that high on it, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I'm locked in. Okay. Um. If you, if you would have come to me like six months ago or a year ago and said, well, yeah, what do you think about that? I'd, I think I would have just played it safe. I would have gone, oh, yeah, I'll go for a C. But I've listened to it more and just, just thinking about what it was, you know what I mean? Even the Bowie thing didn't make me drop it below an A. It's a high point for me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the polar opposite time, <laughs> uh, I'll go for a... Um, I'll give it a B. I think it's possibly okay. the, the, the the best unplugged, maybe. I do like the Alice in Chains one. I can't deny that. I'll see. Once you do it, I'll see what you give the Alice in Chains one. mm mm <laughs> um, and I'll tell you what even though Kurt was like not far away from uh, kicking the bucket he definitely looks in a better state than Lane did on the Alice in Chains one fucking Lane had pretty much I'm guessing as he walked out on stage one of the actual like uh, one of the uh, stage people like, p- probably pulled the needle out of his arm as he walked <laughs> <laughs> okay right um you guys, thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to get in touch, give a bit of feedback on that. Jukeboxpod at gmail.com. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram. Get in touch. Leave them reviews. Reviews are always good, especially trying to build up a bit of a um, bit of a review thing on Spotify at the moment. But on anywhere, just give it a give it a thumbs up. And if you don't like it, just, just keep it to yourself. So don't bother fucking putting it on there. Putting it on one of them things. Yeah. Uh, as I said before, if you don't want me to sing anymore then that's fine, I won't do it. If any of you have a problem with it, no problem, just email. You know the email address, it's just read it out. Neil, Ning. Hello, you, would, who's that? Yeah, would, would you like to pick a song for us to play oh, out with? God. He's forgotten again. Uh, can we have a GIF song? Has anyone put a GIF song off the new album? No, they haven't. I'd have to go uh, to Spotify, wouldn't I? Yes, go Spotify. Um. um okay. What did Les choose? Is his one I've forgotten? Oh, um, um, Ale, Ale, um, Ale Storm. Yeah, Ale Storm. What did Soul choose on this one? Um, a, a wrestling intro, intro music. <laughs> John Cena intro. No, it's a de- degeneration, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I said it's the best Rage Against Machine song ever. <laughs> <laughs>
Which uh, um, which one? Uh, do a fight that you haven't got to hear everything. Oh, it's not my favourite one on there, but we'll go with. Actually, it, if we can get any kind of reach, like you said before, the last GIF uh, video that we did is one of them pop videos that the band aren't in it. It's mm. an animated video. It's on YouTube. Just type in type in GIF not SIF on YouTube uh, and listen to it. It's it's called Bear Trap, and it's all about the whole thing that the kids these days have put the massive pressure on themselves to perform on social media and it's it's a crying shame basically uh, <laughs> it's a crying yeah. shame all kids stop doing it to yourselves it doesn't matter if some prick on Facebook or Instagram thinks that you're fat it doesn't matter you carry on you be whoever you want to be it don't matter what the other person looks like you be yourself it does sound crack on. It, it does sound one of uh, the YouTube things that this video may maybe distressing. Doesn't matter than there's a YouTuber that's got more fucking views than you. Doesn't matter that there's better podcasters better than you. Doesn't matter that there's better artists better than you. Doesn't matter that there's like loads of like women or whatever with better breasts than you. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Just be yourself. Be you. You be you. And chuck yourself out there. Doesn't matter. You just literally go, look at me, on the bollocks. Check this shit out. I do notice you've got there's a little John Cena right in the uh, the, the lower <laughs> part of the thing and that's a cover. <laughs> Alright. Thank you very much guys for listening. Um oh more things all over the shop there. Yeah, thank you very much for listening again. Thank you, Ning, for joining me. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Thank you, bye-bye.